0: This podcast is brought to you by Upcase. Want to become the sort of developer top rail shops like ThoughtBot fight over? Join Upcase today to get the pro training, insider knowledge, access to ThoughtBot developers, and a community of like-minded learners you need. Hone core skills like Vim, Tmux, Git, and Rails by visiting upcase.com slash halfoff to get 50% off your first month of Upcase. Let's get that junior out of your title and start leveling up today with Upcase i installed a rug today this morning so that the rug yeah we have a rug now in our recording space and maybe that'll help dampen the sound but also i i'm not tall enough to actually install we have curtains too but i'm not tall enough to to install them (laughs) Unless we only want the curtains to come up like halfway to the window, which so do do you, do you
1: use this room only for recording? It's dedicated? To no, that?
0: it's it's like it's a meeting space within our co working space. Okay, yeah,
1: cool. I'm recording from home today because it's a actually it's a day off today in, in Stockholm.
0: Ah, you should have told me that we we didn't have to record today. Nah, I don't care. I don't care about that. It's, I it's do midsummer,
1: midsummer's so people Eve? people celebrate midsummer. Uh yes, I think it's midsummer's Eve is today, and tomorrow is is, is mid-summer, midsummer. Maybe I don't know. What do you guys do to celebrate? Last year, I was with some friends celebrating with friends, and typically involves dancing around a pole. That I guess that's what I remember from it. <laughs> I yeah. That it was it's dancing and having fun.
0: Sounds cool. Is Don't it like, ask
1: too many questions because I am the wrong person uh, to answer those.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> I was going to ask, is it like Memorial Day or like July 4th here in the States where like everyone is outside and grilling? And I Oh, am-
1: yeah, similar. It's, in that aspect, it is. So, it's an out, like a thing you do outdoor.
0: I wonder how many of those cultural things are like really different but also really the same.
1: Yeah, I guess the names change, but people still want uh, reasons to barbecue outside and have fun. Yep. <laughs> uh, although today there are a lot of like political news going on here in Europe with uh, Britain's or the UK's exit. Mm-hmm. You know what? Let's not talk about politics. <laughs> it's depressing and it's not good for health.
0: <laughs> that is totally fine with me.
1: What have you been up to?
0: I've been doing, I've been working on two projects, so I'm going to be doing a design sprint next week. So I've been doing interviews, stakeholder interviews and user interviews in preparation for the design sprint, which has been pretty interesting. We could talk about that. I've also been doing complete other side of the spectrum of stuff that we do. I've been doing some branding and marketing design for a fantasy app, a fantasy sports app.
1: Hmm. Is it the same thing? Like I I feel like you've been doing a lot of those. You did one like four years ago. Is it different than yes, that? Yes, it one, is. Or?
0: It is a different app than that. This Perfect. one is is more is a the one that I did years ago was called Statleship. And that one has has since evolved into something else. It was more like I don't know. Do you know what a prop bet is for sports? A what? A prop bet.
1: It's Mm, like an over-under
0: bet. So, you could say, I'm going to try and put this as Swedish as possible. (laughs) (laughs) Who's the striker for the Swedish soccer team? Is Euros still going on? It is. And Sweden is out, actually.
1: Uh, Okay. They were out yesterday, I guess. Ibrahimovic. I think that's the name you're looking for.
0: So, you would say like over-under on how many goals... Ibrahimovic is going to score in this game and and you could put it at like 1. So and then people would make a bet you know saying okay I think he's going to score at least one goal and and so you put the bet you know over 1 or usually they do it at like .5 just cuz you can't score .5 and and that way if he scores a goal everyone that thought he would score one goal wins and everyone that doesn't think he's going to score a goal would bet on 0 and then you wait for the outcome of the game, and there you go. Um, so that that app was closer to that, but it was it was trying to make fantasy sports fun throughout the season. Because what happens a lot uh, is that when you're in a sports league, you kind of know like to like halfway, like one third of the way through the season, like who if you're going to be in it or not, and it and the people who aren't in it. Just ghost, basically. They, they just stop paying attention and they stop playing. And so, that was the the problem that he was trying to solve. This is probably the other end of that, the other extreme. It's more of an expert league. So, it is multi-season. So, you, you keep the same players, the same team from season to season. And there's some other expert things that like the leagues in baseball go down to the minor leagues The leagues in football go down to college. And so, you have to be paying attention in baseball to not just the major leagues, but also minor leagues and and who are some of the stars there. And so, the leagues are deeper. There's a different type of play to them. So, it's a different game altogether.
1: I see. Well,
0: dear listeners, welcome
1: to the new podcast that we're starting this week. It's going to be a podcast about fantasy football, or is it baseball? Sorry, I wasn't listening to everything you were saying. (laughs) You zoned out. Yeah, I totally did. I know, but I totally understand what fantasy sports are and how they work. Maybe not all the details, but I kind of understand.
0: So this, what I'm doing is just branding the app to be a little bit more, like we're focusing on expert So a lot of fantasy sports apps, like if you look at ESPN and Yahoo and DraftKings, which are all like the bigger names in terms of fantasy, they all have this same kind of look and feel. And so what we're trying to do is get away from that, be a little bit more expert, a little bit more polished, less in your face kind of thing. And one of the things that we've been looking at a lot, which has been a lot of fun for me, is design for baseball and football during the 80s and 90s and some of the, like, the 60s and 70s. So, like, the mid-era of baseball. And so, there's a lot of kind of interesting design, both in the uniforms and logos at the time that I've been stealing from, essentially. (laughs) Yeah, that's what
1: we do. We just steal stuff.
0: Well, isn't it Picasso who said, like... (laughs) What is it? Good artist copy, great artist steal. Yeah,
1: something like that. No, that's, that's good. I mean, it's always good to uh, work on things that resonate with you on a more personal level. Is this for a client or a side project of yours? No, this is for a client. That's cool. I really like it that all the clients who want to do something
0: with fantasy football or sports, they <laughs> come to you. I think I've just branded myself inside of ThoughtBot as the guy to go to for sports stuff. Yeah. so That's cool. <laughs> yep. I'm looking forward
1: to seeing screenshots of it. I might not be the target audience, but I want to see the the outcome.
0: Yeah, I think I'm going to start leaking some of it on Dribbble uh, this week. I think the end goal, at least for me, is in terms of showing work is like i'm gonna leak some of it while we're still building it and at the end dribble all of it and then create hopefully a nice case study for thoughtbot on it
1: i'm actually interested in comparing that work with the same work you did a few years ago just from a perspective of seeing how design changed in the last four years and also how you changed as a designer
0: yeah i also think that that the direction was different but yeah, it, it will be pretty interesting to see the difference between the two. Yeah. I already can tell that it's a big difference. <laughs> I remember that the first one had a lot of like textures
1: and kind of skeuomorphic. Oh, well, let's not use the S word. It it had a lot of like textures and visual effects.
0: Yeah, it, it certainly had a lot of a lot more visual effects and a lot more like so this is I mean again and we're kind of going back to what those brands were right like the visual effects the grunge doesn't make or to me it doesn't really make sense for an expert league yeah when I think expert I think clean polished simple and so that's kind of the direction that I'm starting to go or that I have been going in whereas the other one was more like friendly like (laughs) I guess, like, if you're comparing them, one is blue collar and one's white collar, you know? Okay. Fair enough. And so, the directions for for both are, are different.
1: You've been doing this in Sketch, I presume, or
0: Photoshop. So, the web piece of it I've been doing in Sketch and the logo part of it I've been doing in Illustrator...
1: Yeah, fair and enough. And
0: jumping between the two has completely screwed up any kind of speed that I have with shortcuts <laughs> because yeah. they have totally different shortcuts. Right. And so, like, jumping between the two has been kind of painful. I don't know if sketches, you know, vector tools are good enough to do a logo. So, I mean, that's what the the reason that I, I need to start usually with logos in Illustrator just because it's a tool for vector. Yeah. You know, design.
1: I actually haven't had any Adobe software for the last year and a half oh well, at least one year. And I kinda missed that part where like some some things I struggle a lot with in sketch and recently I've been using Affinity Designer as my fallback vector tool. But I think I might actually go back to Adobe just to try the new stuff. I heard there's a new uh application. That's made for um, UI designers. Adobe XD, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah. I've been meaning to check that out too.
1: And I miss Illustrator too. I don't miss Photoshop that much, but uh, yeah, I might give it a try again. If your logo is just going to be uh, a logo type, then Sketch would probably work fine. But if you have like a, a drawing or shape or an illustration, then you definitely don't want to be using Sketch because like, the tools that are shipped with the program are not the best version they can be. Like um, the Boolean operations and like flattening objects and merging them and all that stuff is fine, but it's also not powerful enough in, in a lot of situations. So I understand the need of wanting to uh, use Illustrator for that.
0: I think also for me, it's been like traditionally that that's what I have always gone to for doing, you know, icon design and any kind of logo design, any kind of simple shapes. Like I usually just, I don't know, maybe it's a gut reaction that I just haven't grown out of like I have with Photoshop and doing web stuff. But for me, like there's never been an issue with Illustrator. Illustrator has always been a fairly solid tool. And I think that, you know, while they have built in a lot of features that i don't ever touch, I can more easily ignore those in Illustrator than I can in Photoshop. Right. Cool. This is going to be
1: only a web app. Like if there's a mobile companion app or
0: is that not the case? Right now, it's not the case. I would, you know, I really like the client. I love the project and my hope is that eventually we'll get to an iOS app or an Android app or both. But right now, it's just it's it's an already existing web app. So we're helping you know with some of the user experience eventually, and some of the sign up flow, and and hopefully with like the experience of drafting and managing your fantasy team. But right now, we're we're just looking at creating a great marketing page for him to help start to build his growth. So we're, we're gonna. He's looking at certain growth numbers, and I'm trying to build a marketing page around those specifically.
1: I see. Yeah,
0: that's cool. What have you been working on since WWDC?
1: Well, I compiled a blog post. I was uh, out yesterday, I think. And I have been preparing for uh, a design sprint that I have next week. So, I'm pretty excited about that.
0: So, since I'm doing that too, that might be like a nice nice thing to chat about next. What have you been doing to prepare and, and like what do you do? I have actually haven't run one in a, in a while, so... Yeah, same uh-huh. here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess the first thing was... So, I talked to the client before and we know more or less what we're trying to do. And the first thing is you have to decide about the schedule like which activities you want to do which activities you don't want to do how long you're going to spend on each one of them that sort of thing Uh, and then you have to inform the client of these things and try to educate them about you know like what is for instance a group critique or what is a problem statement that sort of stuff I find it really really cool that we have all of that stuff documented now so the effort to make that sort of preparation was fairly uh, minimal in the sense that you just have to point them to a couple of URLs. And I think the thing that took me a little bit more time yesterday was uh, nailing down the, the schedule and also assigning some tasks to people beforehand, like getting, like for instance, the client would need to compile some, some analytics data and some you know, some information about the competition and stuff like that. And also the actual schedule. So I have to schedule like breaks and that sort of stuff. So yeah, we're trying also to uh, document this process of, of of this design sprint for the Stockholm office. So we need to uh, take pictures, probably video and document the process as much as we can. So I've been trying to, work on that as well trying to figure out who will be taking the photos and when and that sort of stuff
0: so yeah you're a lot more organized than i am going into a sprint well i want to get
1: this one right because for so two of the people who will be in this sprint will be their first sprint here from the stockholm office actually the client also never done a design sprint before so i want to make sure to get everything right as like, this is the kind of sprint that we want to be doing.
0: Yeah, no, that makes entire sense. My sprint's not going to be recorded or photographed other than the the photos that I probably take. And so, usually I'm a little bit more off the cuff where I feel the room and, and like take a break when I feel like we need to take a break. And, you know, do the design exercises usually that I think we need to at the time. But I think that's also because I've run so many. That, like I feel comfortable just being like, "Okay, now we're going to do this design exercise during diverge, or now we're going to jump into this other thing because I think it'll help us like you know converge better or what, like whatever it is at the time, because beforehand, right. and I did exactly what you're you're doing now is like plan hour by hour what we're basically going to be doing." And that is super helpful. I've even done it where like I have a a keynote deck that basically instead of me trying to explain everything, we'll pop open the keynote deck, put it up on like a screen while we're doing the design sprint. And so that way, like it is planned to that extent where (laughs) I don't even like I knew what was going to be next, but like I planned it out so that like there was not very much flexibility into how I was going to run the sprint.
1: I feel like that's taking it a little bit too far. Cuz like I still want to be flexible about things, but one thing that happened in my last sprint is that some of the people who were part of the sprint were complaining that they didn't know about the schedule, that they were they were not sure what's next or how long this is going to take. So this is basically just to, you know, provide that sort of of information but without being the Without being like you know the the definitive like um, schedule to to go with, I'm I'm using Trello for the schedule, so we can swap cards fairly easily. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm also trying to compact the uh, diversion converge into one day, so that we get a little bit more time for prototyping and testing. This is because the scope of what we're trying to achieve is not very big. So it's uh, basically we're going to focus on onboarding and conversion Mm -hmm. uh, not the actual like ui of the service so it's a lot more uh heavy on the side of let's prototype some some ideas of how people can be onboarded and or like you know or converted from visitor to actually customer so there's a growth aspect to it as well and i'd rather spend more time working on that and testing it on, on friday But we'll see. I might be wrong about that. The good thing is that we can change that depending on our needs and also depending on the progress we're making. So if you feel like we're making good progress, then we'll have more time, even more time for prototyping. And if we don't, then we'll have less time. But that's what it is.
0: Yeah, I I enjoy the flexibility there too. Like, I think for this upcoming sprint, because of people's schedules, we're going to do a day of diverge and a day of converge. But I've run sprints where I do something similar to what you're saying is instead of doing three days for understand, diverge, converge, I shorten those three days into two and do understand yeah. in the morning. If it's a, like a simpler app where a lot of the stuff is crud. Yeah. Yeah. So for those that don't under, what does it create?
1: Uh, crud. Something update destroy. Uh, a review? Yeah. What is, is the R? Review? Are?
0: review? Mm, doesn't sound
1: like it. The are. that's what we're missing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> those are like the simplest, basically simplest functions for an app. And they're super easy in a Rails app. And so when I see like a simple app like that, like I know, we don't need a full day for understand, and doing diverge in the afternoon and in the morning, and then converge in the afternoon on the second day is usually the the schedule that I've followed for for shortening those t- down. I enjoy ha- how we have been like incredibly flexible. Like I don't know how how flexible Google Ventures is about doing that. I'd be interested to hear how if they like do shorten them from five days down da- down to three or two or whatever whatever it is that they need well if they're not they're doing it wrong
1: (laughs) there's no point in following rules just because they're rules i'm not saying that having a full day for each one of these could make sense if it's required or if if it's needed but if it doesn't make sense and you still insist on doing it you are doing it wrong because that's not that's not what a tool is for. A tool is for solving a problem. You're not going to reshape the problem to fit the tool you have. Yeah. In this case, I felt like we don't need uh, a full day of understand. We have a very simple problem. People come to this site and leave. They don't do anything. <laughs> we want to fix that. So, all right, there you go. We don't like, we already know what's the problem. And then we have to look at why they actually leave and don't do anything. That's probably going to take some time. But yeah, again, I. I feel like you should adapt the tool to fit, to fit your, uh,
0: right. Your on problems. the opposite side of that, I've run design sprints where understand has taken two to three days based on the complexity of the app and right. the the sprint that I'm running right now. Like I've, I plan for a full day of understand, but like, I don't know if that's going to be enough because we're dealing with multiple roles and multiple different user flows, and that's where, you know, applications start to get a lot more complex. And I know just from doing these initial stakeholder and user interviews, that while some of the, you know, they already have an app running, but it's not working for them, some of the details of some of the what we would Consider as being simple things, simple features are very that the like the details are what's going to make or break the app, and they're going to be a lot harder to build because of the smaller details. So I'm interested to dive into that and make sure that we're building the right tool. So again, yeah, I, like I I agree wholeheartedly with with you know yeah. the flexibility should be in the process of being able to extend understand. Being able to jump back and forth. Like I've had design sprints where we went through understand, we we converged on a problem statement, converged on a user flow. And then after diverge, people noticed, started seeing some of the solutions and they were like, I don't think we're solving for the right problem. And so we went back and reframed the problem statement. Right. So, there's nothing to say that you have to go from understand to diverge to converge to prototype to test, too. Like, we went from understand to diverge back to understand, then did a diverge again, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So
1: No, totally. I mean, I think it's it's good to be flexible and change the things so that they work for, for your specific case. I think what I'm trying to say is that being dogmatic about anything is not the right approach. I feel like it's a lot of people are going that route of uh I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it exactly like this because that's that's what we do and I feel like that's not the right approach. Yeah, I'm actually really excited about this one because it's the, the product has to do with the video game industry. So, it's something that I can relate to. I think this is the first design sprint where I can relate to more than I like to a certain level that I feel comfortable talking about the market mm-hmm. more than previous instances where I'm I'm waiting on the client to actually teach me about the market of X or, or Y. Uh, that's why I shorten understand as well, because I feel like we're going to save a lot of time by having like a, an industry that where I am kind of familiar with, the client is kind of familiar with, and at least uh, and the two other participants will be familiar with to different degrees, but still. It's a lot better than saying, for instance, we're going to do something on pharmaceuticals and we don't know anything about that market. So we'll have to spend the full day of understand, actually trying to understand how this market works. Mm -hmm. So, yeah.
0: I think more and more, like, we're trying to get people on projects like that, where, like, in my case, doing the, the fantasy baseball and fantasy football app is, like, right up my alley. And this sounds like it's the same thing, where it's... I feel like m- the more you are passionate about the subject matter, the better the design will come out. Right.
1: You make more informed decisions. Yep. And also your your assumptions are a little bit less shaky.
0: I mean, it kind of goes back to what you were saying is like you have a better understanding of the market and the product, the market that the the product's going into and potential users of the product because in I I don't know about the product that you're going to be building, but, like, in this case, like, I am part of the market that, you know, each one of these apps, the the fantasy sports apps that we talked about earlier, like, I'm part of that market of people who would be using it. So, like, for me, it's been nice to be designing for myself, uh, essentially. Yeah. The only thing,
1: though, to keep in mind is that when that happens, you should not fall into the pitfall of thinking that you are the target audience. You're just... Right one part of the target audience, and there are people who are different from you but who would still use that app, so you should keep that in mind.
0: Yep, I have been keeping in mind that, yeah, that is a trap to fall into, is, is that you're the only one for the app. Yeah.
1: But, but I don't like blue buttons. I want it to be purple because <laughs> I am the target audience.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Cool. I also, so uh, as I said, I published the WWDC blog post uh yesterday i actually had finished it last week but it was every once in a while i would go back add something or modify something i also compiled a list of all these sessions that i thought were uh, design related and they added some really cool stuff actually i think beginning of this week or sometime at the end of last week like some sessions that are not about technology at all like one was about like disability and one about visual language. I haven't watched that second one till the end, but there's some good stuff in there. So if you have some free time this weekend, uh, go and pick a couple of those and watch them. I think that specifically those ones that were those lunch time sessions, they typically make them not technology related. Or, uh, sorry, they're technology related, but not development related. They try to, to appeal to the human side of... uh of of people not their engineering side
0: <laughs> yeah i i uh, saw the article and i i took down the ones that you recommended so i'll probably be watching them within the coming weeks have you been able to install any of the betas or have you wanted I to
1: i i didn't i don't install them on my main devices or rather so for mac i created a new uh partition where i install uh sierra and for for iphone i just installed it on the office phone not Mm -hmm. on my own phone and i didn't use the phone that much i just played with it a couple of minutes for mac seems to be working fine i did several like i did a lot of things that i typically do on mac and it seems to be working all right like overall there there isn't like any sweeping changes or anything like that it's there's some some small like you know improvements here and there and there's some nice like touches as well so for instance now when you uh try to you know view all the the windows that are open i forgot what's that named but now the uh the animation actually is interactive so you can as soon as you start like if you, if you're enabling the uh four finger swipe gesture shortcut then as, as soon as you start swiping the windows start actually getting smaller until you reach the point where all of them are super small and you know, like really nice, like little changes that most people won't even notice. I typically like that sort of stuff. It tickles my fancy, (laughs) but yeah, no, no big changes. iOS 10, I feel like changed a little bit more. There's no more uh, swipe to unlock, which is now engraved in my muscle memory. Cause that phone I installed it on did not have a uh, touch ID or it wasn't set up because it's an an office phone. So you have to tap home twice to unlock, hmm. which I found not very easy to, to learn at first or yeah. Even now I, I still try to swipe right to, to unlock the phone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what, what happened to the quick access to wallet then? Cause that's something that I've, I've used pretty frequently which is like the double tap on the home. It's not as
1: fast. So you you, you tap first and then you, you you do a second tap. So it's not quick double tap. It's like just two taps. So I think that one would still work the same. But if your phone doesn't have Touch ID, you will be doing that. Hopefully, hmm. like most people now have Touch ID enabled device. So that this change wouldn't, I think it wouldn't affect them as much because you will still click once and keep your finger on the home button which is what I do right now on my personal phone but if your phone doesn't have that then you will be having to double tap. I feel like iOS 10 also like needs a little bit more polish UI wise like some line heights are off and some vertical centerings of labels is off few pixels off and overall I feel like some parts are a bit rough I really hope they get to them before the final release because I will be noticing them if they don't. Especially in the notification bubble. The the header, the, the all caps uh headings are not very nice to look at. The Letter spacing is off and it's slightly nudged like to the bottom of the of that space and the, the corner the corner radius doesn't fit the font size as well. But yeah, that's the only thing I noticed as far as uh design goes I didn't use it for a long period of time so Mm -hmm. there might be other things but the only reason I typically install betas is to try software I have zero interest in sorry is to test the apps I'm, I'm working on or that I've worked on in the past on these new operating systems but I'm not interested in testing the new iMessage for instance or any of that I'd rather just wait for it to be
0: finished right I agree with you, especially since I don't have secondary devices, and I don't wanna like install the new i o s beta on my primary and not be able to use my phone because of a bug or something along those lines. You must have an office phone at least, so if we do, I think Gordon has it.
1: yeah, take it from him.
0: meh I'll wait. <laughs> I have patience.
1: And there's also like the beta now, which is not open yet, but sometime I guess in August or I don't know, so, like they, you have public betas that you can opt into. And usually those are slightly better than uh, the, the developer seats that they have right now. Okay. And they are meant for, you know, the, the public at large to, to try them, mm-hmm. but I don't recommend doing any beta stuff on your remote, like
0: main phone right or just, my main work machine
1: <laughs> oh no definitely not that i see people doing that and i just like why unless you no there is no endless like even if you're work on mac apps do that in a separate partition and and use that partition to test your mac apps and keep your main because like i'm 100 percent sure like homebrew will break uh, i haven't tried on, on the new partition but i think it would and if it doesn't other things will so yeah uh
0: yeah Keep that away. Well, I think we're at about time. Absolutely, cool. So you can uh, grab the show notes at tentative.fm/slash twenty nine. You can tweet us at tentative.fm. You can email us at hosts at tentative.fm. Oh, and rate us on iTunes. Also, you should you haven't plugged in your uh, your
1: latest appearance. On a different podcast.
0: Oh, yeah. If you want to hear about some of my previous work at ThoughtBot. So, actually, a, one of the projects I talk about is the Saddleship Project. You can check out the hi podcast. We'll put that in the show notes. I talk about a couple of the projects that I've done here at ThoughtBot and about my recent move down to Texas.
1: Yes. So, if you want to hear more about Kyle's personal life, go check <laughs> the other podcast. That's not what we talk about here. I talk about work stuff too. No, I'm just joking. Go check it out anyway. Good work. I enjoyed uh, listening to you on a different podcast because I don't have to listen to myself. (laughs) Nice. Okay. Talk to you later. Uh, Talk to you. Bye. Bye.